Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Turning over a new leaf won't help if it's poison ivy. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Kentrell. I am your host here. First time listener, welcome. Very happy that you clicked play. Have you listened to any new music lately? You may not care, but I'll tell you what's in my earbuds. It was released on Friday, April the 14th. Uh, The new Natalie Merchant record. She of 10,000 Maniacs fame. I'm a big, big Natalie Merchant fan. Was a fan of 10,000 Maniacs, a fan of her solo stuff. Pretty certain I've got everything that she's recorded. It's a good record. It's entitled Keep Your Courage by Natalie Merchant. Yeah, I bought it. I bought it over at uh, at iTunes. I'm that guy. Yeah, I I still buy music. You do support the artists when you listen on Spotify and other things. I mean, the payouts are... It's a big, big number. It's a big, big number. Now, admittedly, you've got to be in the upper echelon, I think, before there's significant money to you as an artist. I don't claim to fully understand the music business, even though I I spent some time in the record business on the retail side. There's just so many, there's so many fingers in the pie. But I do think that artists today, if, well, let's qualify this. If an artist has broken through, or if you do breakthrough, I think the opportunities, they're there. The opportunities are there to really monetize your creativity. I think more than ever before. I mean, I just, with the internet and with streaming, and I was I was watching Jason Wilbur. Jason Wilbur was John Prine's guitarist uh, for over 20 years and he's doing a live stream event selling tickets and so there are all these kinds of methodologies because of these phones that we have in our pocket tethered to the internet i think there's some opportunities there but every friday is new music friday it's when the new records come out and i always just go scouring apple itunes like on late thursday i'm looking i'm looking for the what's coming out it's coming out tomorrow do you do that no well you should you should think about it i've had this post in the works for i don't know how long a long time because i wrote down this phrase in my notebook uh turning over a new leaf won't help if it's poison ivy i don't know why i wrote that i don't know where i got that i don't know if i read that i i don't know if i dreamt it have no idea uh, but I got to thinking about it because are you allergic to poison ivy? I am highly allergic to poison ivy. I haven't had it, thankfully. I have not had a case of it in a in a good long while. Don't want it either. But I pondered this because well, if you're like me and you're allergic to poison, well, turning over a new leaf if it is poison ivy is, I mean, six one half dozen another. It doesn't make any difference. Top part of the leaf, bottom part of the leaf, and it's still poison ivy. 
I'm not sure where that phrase came came from, turning over a new leaf. What we mean by it, we all understand what we mean by it. We mean a new start, a new beginning, reboot, maybe going in a different direction. Joe Marsh is the dreamer and scribbler character in that famous novel, Little Women. And here's an observation about her in that book. I keep turning over new leaves and spoiling them as I used to spoil my copy books. And I make so many beginnings, there will never be an end. Well, that, that, line, that line has long captivated me. I have, I have coached individual people. I've coached business people. I've coached all kinds of people, especially people that are easily distracted and people that just don't seem to find a way to finish anything because they're always starting back from ground zero. They're always starting from the center. I did a video. I'll have to go find it and embed it in the show notes for today's episode. You can find it leaningtowardwisdom.com. Turning over a new leaf won't help if it's poison ivy. That's the title. I know it's long. I should be more creative in title creation, but alas, I'm not. But I did this video where I, I just, there's no audio to it. I just hand draw the cameras over the desktop. You can see me drawing this circle and kind of illustrating the point. We, we take these steps and we take steps in so many different directions, but then we get an itch to, okay, well, I'm not going to finish that, but I want to go start this other thing. And we take a few steps there. Okay, well, I'm bored with that now and I'm going to go. And we find that we've taken a lot of steps, but we've taken a lot of steps in a whole lot of different directions. And to the point of the Joe Marsh character, we make so many beginnings, there's never an end. Maybe that would have been a better title for today's show. So many beginnings, there will never be an end because we just don't finish. Over the years, I've talked with a ton of parents of teenage kids. My kids aren't teenagers anymore, so it's been a long, long time since I was in that position, but I get it. I understand it. Went through it myself to some degree. We worry about our children if they are bent to not be finishers. You know, it's one thing to finish well. It's one thing to finish first, but it's something else to just not finish at all. And parents are vexed. All parents that I've ever encountered are vexed when their teenage kids, they quit something, they start something else, they quit that, they start something else, they quit that. And on so many occasions, I have been asked by parents younger than me, which is most everybody on the planet, you know, what do you do? What do you do? How, how can I instill in this kid the value of stick to it. It, it. I don't care if you succeed or not, but you hang with it. See it through. I don't have an answer. I don't. I know this. I know there's a high, high price for it. And one of the highest prices is not, as a parent, is not your frustration. To me, one of the highest prices is the lack of a sense of accomplishment that, that this young person could have knowing that they did something to completion. Forget what the result may have been. Just knowing I finished. I did that. 
I saw it through. It's absolutely positively true that if we can have enough self-management and self-regulation that we can do the thing that we really don't want to do but we need to do it, and if we can avoid doing the thing that we really would like to do but we really shouldn't do it, if we can manage those two sides of the coin, well, then everything is easy. But as you well know, everything is hard until it's easy. So can we embrace doing the thing, I know I should do this. I know this would be a good thing to do. I really don't want to do it, but do it anyway. And then that thing, I really would like to do that. And I know it wouldn't be very good. It might even be bad, but I really want to do it. Can you refrain from doing that? The self-regulation needed to do those things is the same self-regulation needed to turn over a new leaf, which no, it won't help if it's poison ivy, which for me is just a metaphor. If you're going in the wrong direction and you want to tweak or modify, that's, that's not going to be helpful. I don't, for some reason, I got to thinking about people in criminal behavior. Probably because I watch too many of those kind of shows on IDTV. You get hooked on this, on these shows. I mean, these are some of the most most depressing shows on the planet, but I I watch them. Probably Rhonda watches a lot of them. Uh, I particularly like Lieutenant Kenda, homicide detective. And he's got this new show where he's, he's going over cases that weren't his own. But he's really good, and he's really compelling. I like him. And you watch some of these characters, some of these suspects who've got long, long criminal history and records, and then you see other people who they they believe they've got all the evidence to prove that this is the person who is guilty of this particular crime. And you watch these characters, and you can, you can just almost see the wheels turning in their mind as they're being interrogated by the police. And in some cases, these people, they've gone from one crime to another crime to another crime to another crime. And it just seems to me that it's, it's a, there's just such a lack of self-regulation that in their head, what it looks like is going from this particular criminal activity to this other one, because this other one seems better (laughs) as though it's an improvement. Like, well, this is a better way to go, right? I mean, we could just. We could be burglars, right? We just sneak in, we break into houses, and we hope nobody's home and we steal stuff. And then, well, how about just theft? We just get a gun. We just find somebody that's got a lot of money. We put a mask over our head, and we pull a gun, and we, we rob them. So we go from burglary to theft. And that, well, that I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm Forget that burglary business. I mean, number one, I got to do it at 3 a.m. or something. And then I got to hope nobody's at home. And if you're in the state of Texas where it's, you know, protect your castle kind of a thing, I mean, come on, we could, we could easily encounter a gun owner who's going to shoot us. Why not just be the first to pull the gun? Yeah, let's turn over that new leaf. Okay, well, you're already dealing with poison ivy because you're already involved in criminal behavior. So, no, that ain't good. It means making a change. Turning over a new leaf typically means making a change, making an improvement, doing something differently, doing different things 
Uh, criminal activity and ambitions aside, our unwillingness to make a change is detrimental. It's detrimental to our life. It is detrimental to everybody else who is influenced by our life. That's right. Our unwillingness to change, to improve, to grow is detrimental, we could say, to the universe. And by that, I just mean our life and everybody's life that is touched by ours. It's rebellion. In fact, at its basic core level, I will argue it's selfish. It's colossally selfish to refuse to make a change, to refuse to improve, to refuse to grow, to refuse to do something differently, to refuse to do something, to do different things because those things would improve us, would make us better, colossally selfish. Now, maybe you're like me where mentally there are times, I would say most times, the willingness is high. Our problem is our own stubbornness. Our problem is our own foolishness. Okay, the reason for the topic, because this is leaning toward wisdom. Modern tales of an ancient pursuit. I, I wouldn't necessarily describe myself as stubborn, but I absolutely can be. Now, I will tell you, as I've gotten older, I have gotten more resolved about some things. And I would say mostly those are the things that I really deeply believe. And quite frankly, beyond religious truths, there probably aren't that many things that I would say qualify. And I think the reason for this is because I've lived long enough to experience getting it wrong. You know, when we're young, we chase things, we pursue things, and we think, well, these are important things. I was having a conversation. I was down at a conference recently, and one of the problems that these people in this particular space are having, just like everybody else in the world, is finding people. Okay, let's qualify it. Finding good people. Can't find good people. Need to find good people. And seeking and asking, you know, my advice, you know, on what what might work. And I told him, I said, listen, I've lived... I've lived a long time and I've hired plenty of people and I've gotten it I've gotten it wrong so many times. Yes, I've gotten it right a few times, but I've it's I'm not going to tell you that I'm the bastion of of wisdom when it comes to to that arena, but I can tell you this that I've lived long enough now that I know I know the things that should have been important at a younger age. In particular, what we got to talking about were perks of the job, benefit, things other than pay, other than salary. Now, this particular industry had has a really a really stellar kind of retirement program in that most of the employers don't just do kind of a match. They can do a two-to-one kind of a match. So if you can get to a position of leadership in this particular space, well, if you contribute a dollar and your employer contri- contributes two, well, that's significant. So we're having this conversation at this conference, and I'm, I'm talking about that as, as you know a backside benefit. And I said, I understand that the 20-something doesn't care about that. 
but I said, you know, those these these fellows, they were in their well, one was in his forties and one was past fifty. And I said, you guys know the value of that. Can you transmit that? Can you translate that? Can you can you make that connect uh, with a person who may be in their twenties to convince them that when you hit the twenty year mark? So if you're 22, by the time you're 42, you could qualify for retirement. And here's what that number might would look like. And it, it's, it's a competitive edge in this particular industry, in this particular space. Uh, but, you know, people are short-sighted. And it's pay me now. And I know that there's so many people that think 20 years. And I'll, I'll be lucky if I keep this job 20 months. I got no des- I You know, I'm not going to do this for 20 years. I'll be moving on. I'll be, man, I'll be the CEO somewhere. I'll be the kingpin somewhere long before 20 years. And then all of a sudden, 18 years goes by, 19 years, 20 years pass, and so many people are no further along. Those ambitions that they had when they were 20, they, they weren't realized. And sadly, I think in too many cases, sure, there's capacity issues, there's talent issues, there's opportunity issues, but in so many cases, there just wasn't enough accountability and responsibility and stick to For me at this age, well, frankly, for a long, long time, getting eternal things, getting those things right, that's important because the stakes are so high. I've said it many times and it bears repeating, eternity changes everything, everything. And when you get to be long in the tooth like I am, you, you, know, you think about the years that you have left, you think about the legacy, you think about the work that you're doing, you think about the influence and the impact that you can have, not only just your family but on anybody else. You think about the good that you can do uh, to help people along the way because you're just further up the trail and you've got experience from where they are to where you are. And while the path may look differently, there are some things that are rather universal. I know that we all want to think that we're incredibly unique, and in so many ways we are, but at the same time, there are so many things that we do have in common. I can get a group of people in a room and it, it doesn't matter, you know, as long as it's a manageable crowd so that you can have a conversation and you can kind of go around the table. And if we can all kind of share our humanity, if we, if we could all, if we can all reveal whatever we're comfortable in that setting to reveal about ourselves, our lives, what we find out a hundred percent of the time, what we find out is we share an awful lot of stuff. We share an awful lot of the same fears. We share an awful lot of the same struggles. We share an awful lot of the same pain. We share an awful lot of the same joy. We share an awful lot of everything. Oh, now it may look different. I may be sitting across from a person who can talk about how invigorated they are when they go out and they spend four to six hours on a golf course. And I can watch their face light up and I can relate. Not because I'm a golfer because I'm not, but because I'm a human. And as I see them light up, as they talk about this thing that they love, I'm thinking about the things that I love. And I'm thinking, 
I bet you my face lights up like their face lights up. It's not about golf for me, but it's about something else. But it's, it's a similar kind of emotion. It's the reason that there's so much variety in the world, and that, frankly, there should be because we're, we are all different in that regard. I, I've said it before, and there's no explanation for it. My wife and I can pull, we could pull into Sonic. We haven't done this in a long time uh, to get a milkshake. Odds are I'm going to order vanilla. I like chocolate shakes just fine. I would not be disappointed if I had a chocolate shake. But put a menu in front of me, I'm probably going to order vanilla. And you could say, well, why? I don't know. (laughs) That would be my preference. But a shake's a shake, and if you like milkshakes, and who doesn't? If you don't like milkshakes, what's... You definitely need to turn over a new leaf if you do not like milkshakes. I mean, does it matter what flavor it is? It's great, right? Turning over a new leaf won't help if it's poison ivy. So rule number one, I guess, in all this diatribe is make sure the leaf isn't poison ivy. Make sure that the ambition, make sure that the pursuit is high integrity. I know, I know. Don't care what anybody else thinks. Don't care what anybody else says. Don't care what opinion anybody else has. You could live your life that way. And I would encourage you to live your life that way if you hope to be nothing more than a bad, evil, wicked influence in the world. Be, be that person. That's exactly who you should be if you want to negatively impact the world. I'm not saying you should live your life the way everybody and their dog thinks you should live your life. But I'm saying we've got to care about our reputation. We've got to care about our influence. We've got to care about our integrity. We've got to care about our honesty. We've got to care about our truthfulness. We've got to care about our convictions. And we hope that we can be a good example for other people. Can you imagine children that grew up in a home where mom and dad were like, well, we don't care what the kids think about anything. We don't care what the neighbors think about anything. We're going to do what we want to do. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine how screwed? Well, I don't have to imagine it. I can see it. You can go out in public and you can see kids who are raised by parents like this. No discipline, no responsibility, no accountability. I mean, it's, we're faced with the problem. (laughs) We have met the enemy and he is us. Making a change, improving, growing, doing something differently, doing different things. Where are you right now and where do you most want to be? And how are you going to go about getting there? Are you putting any effort to figuring out how you're going to get there? Are you just sitting around daydreaming about wouldn't it be great if? Well, wouldn't it be great if can be a good exercise if you want to just daydream, but it's a... It's a worthless exercise if you want to make any progress. I mean, wouldn't it be great if I could play the guitar like Mark Knopfler? Well, I can't. I've not put one ounce of effort into trying, and I'm not going to. Because the fact is, it's not something I want to do. It's not something that I have a belief that I could do. And frankly, I'd rather spend the time listening to him play. Than listening to me hack around trying to just figure out how to chord a guitar properly. But it does mean making a change. So it means 
it means self-awareness. It means knowing what am I good at? What do I have the potential to be good at? Do you, do you ever sit around? I do this. Do you sit around and wonder what you might be good at, but you've just never given it an effort? You just, you have no way of knowing. Now, I've had these conversations with people through the years who, you know, you engage in a lengthy conversation. I've done that too. About what if, you know, what, what if, what if I, what if I was a gifted musician on this instrument or that, but I've just never been exposed to it. Uh, what if I could do this? What if I could do that? What if I could everything from hard sciences to the most creative stuff that you can imagine? I don't know that that's a real profitable thing. It certainly, it doesn't involve making a change. It doesn't involve improving. It doesn't involve doing something differently or doing different things. It just involves daydreaming about what if. And in our heads, we can be anything we want to be. That's the great thing about being human. We have these imaginations. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Go for it. Fascinate, fascinate yourself all that you want about, about being somebody different. But I just don't find it profitable. What is more profitable is coming face-to-face in the mirror with, this is what I know about myself. And as you get older, I think it hopefully gets easier because you realize time is no longer on your side. And you realize that time never was on your side. You just fooled yourself into thinking, well, I'm young and, you know, I got a lot of years ahead. of Young people die. You know that, right? Old people die, young people die. Babies die, everybody dies. It's why eternity changes everything. So what are we going to do with today? What are we going to do with right now? What am I going to do to make a change, to improve, to do something differently, to do different things right now? Based on what I know about myself right now. I mean, let's pick on me. I know the things that I absolutely hate to do. And I know why I hate doing them. Mostly because I'm not good at it. I don't enjoy them. And I don't have a snowball's chance of moving the needle in a positive direction if I were to spend my time doing certain things. There are other things that I really love to do based on my observations, based on input from others, critical and otherwise. There are other things that I'm like, I'm pretty good at that. How much better could I be if I spent more time with that, if I studied that more, if I researched that more, if I practiced that more, if I leaned harder into that and I let go of some other things, yeah, there's turning over a new leaf. Yeah, I know. It could be argued, okay, well, you're really kind of turning over the same leaf. Well, as the gamblers say, you're just going pot committed. You're going pot committed to the thing that you're most capable of, good at, and you enjoy it. I don't know. It's chicken and egg. Do you enjoy it because you're good at it, or are you good at it because you enjoy it? I don't know. It's probably part both. I'm not Joe Rogan, but I love podcasting. I love the medium. I love the fact that things can be laid down like they are here at leaningtowardwisdom.com so that they're kind of there. They're on record. It's posterity stuff, and it's communication. It's conveying by way of words some thoughts and some ideas that hopefully spark imagination and, frankly, more. Hopefully spark action. Spark action so that we can take action. We can do something. We can turn over a new leaf. 
we can make sure that the leaf that we're turning over is not poison ivy. We can make sure that the poison ivy that's in our life, and we've all got poison ivy in our life, make no mistake about it. You don't have to have a criminal bent to have poison ivy in your life. There are things that we want to do that we know are not right. They're, they're bad. They could be immoral. They could be sinful. They could be dangerous. They could be foolish. They could be careless. They could be reckless. But we really would like to do it. Can you resist? Can you deprive yourself? Can you say no to that? Because that's turning over a new leaf. Can you lean into that thing that's high integrity, high honesty, positive in every every possible way? But I really don't want to spend my time doing that. Then can you discipline yourself to do that anyway? Because here's what we all know to be true. We all know that the action of turning over a new leaf is easier the more we turn. The problem is we agonize over turning and we never get around to turning. And as a result, we never do experience the outcome of having turned over a new leaf. So the answer is start turning. Turn over a new leaf. Gauge how you're feeling. First time you do it, it's going to be fun. Maybe not. Maybe. The result going to be positive? Maybe. Maybe not. But just like that parent of that teenage child who gets frustrated because this kid doesn't finish anything, if you keep turning it and you take action and you drive to completion and then you see where the outcome led you, well, there's value in that. There's value in that, assuming it's not poison ivy. You know, the remedy for so much of what else else is humility and gratitude. You hear a lot about confidence. know I'm, I'm increasingly I'm more fixated on belief I'm fixated on humility I'm fixated on gratitude my ability to turn over a new leaf is largely going to be impacted when I lose humility and I get very self focused turn over a new leaf why would I do that I don't need to turn over a new leaf This isn't my problem. This is their problem. Or when I get where I just don't have the gratitude that I should have, I'm not as thankful as I ought to be. But boy, are those tied together. Ego, pride, and hubris, they go hand in hand with ingratitude. I'm all that and then some. I mean... Yeah, I'm thankful that I'm so great. I'm thankful I'm better than you. (laughs) You've got people in your life who believe that. So do I. Keep trying to get rid of those kind of people in my life. They keep appearing, reappearing. It's funny how that works. Make a change. Make an improvement. It could be small. It's okay. Do something differently. 
do different things. Begin it now because the power is in the moment. This is the only moment you've got. So it's not just about making up your mind. It's about putting some action. Put action into it. Make up your mind, put action to it, then get really, really busy making a difference. And if you make a difference, a positive difference in your own life, you're going to make a positive difference in every life that is impacted by yours. And by the way, that's a big number. It's a big, big number. It's way bigger than you think. Lots of folks are watching. Lots of folks are listening. Lots of folks are paying attention. What you do, the way you behave, it matters. Yeah, okay, I'm a guy of faith, so I'm going to tell you it matters to God first and foremost, but it matters to your fellow man as well. There's a lot more to all this than just being a good human. You need to be a productive human, willing to change, willing to improve, willing to grow. My name is Randy Cantrell. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Greetings and welcome. Inside the Yellow Studio.